It's Monday. I don't know what date it is. It's the 19th of December, Scott. It's the last audio podcast of the year. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, that's enough festivities. No, 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 no. This is that's plenty. It's almost Christmas now, so I'm. I'm, This is going to be a seriously festive show. (laughs) All right, I put it down. Actually, I didn't pour myself a drink either. I'm very poorly prepared for the day. Oh well. Hello, everybody. Um, Um, Hello, this is. This is um, show number 40 of the audio podcast. 4 zero. That's like a lot of shows we've done now. We're, well, we're almost near a year. Yeah. Wow. Which is pretty exciting. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this a couple of... Yeah. I think it's pretty exciting. So, shall we just go through... Uh, we've got our show notes, as always. They're available up, up, up on the wiki. Yep. Wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. So, if you want to... Uh, well... As we always joke, if you want to travel in time, feel free to sabotage our notes retrospectively. But, um, you know, probably add some corrections, some more detail if you think it's appropriate. Or, you know, stuff like that would be kind of cool, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or something of that sort. Let, I think, Sam, what we should do is run through the show note content as always. But before we hit the plunder, we could do okay. our, our little review of the year with the audio podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But Sounds perhaps we me. should say when we're going to be back next. When are we back next? Well, we're going to have a couple of weeks off over Christmas, Definitely. and then we'll be back on Monday the 9th. Is that right? It's Monday the 9th of, of January, which will be just before the um, Max for Users convention. Which so, is on the Friday, isn't it? Which is the following Friday. The so, um, yeah. and then that, and then while we're there, we'll, so that, yeah, we'll have more information about how we're going to report as the audio podcast from the M4U convention in Leicester. Yeah, definitely. But, but there we go. That's the future. This is the now, and we have some stuff that's new this week or these weeks, and some probably ranting to do. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. Th- th- that's what so, we do. I-, I feel I should um, I should just give my apologies to the community, for want of a better phrase, as uh, this week I am not prepared in the slightest. So... But okay. I was very excited to see that the show notes have been populated. So I don't know if it was yourself or if other members of the team have populated things as well. If so, thank you to everybody who has provided me a show to do <laughs> based on yeah. uh, 10 minutes of preparation and having added only a single set of only two items to the show notes. So I'm very grateful for everybody's everybody there for that. Should we get I, to the I first was, thing? Let's do it. So something's new. This is um, This is from sample modeling and they've been making soft synthesizers some soft synths of instruments for some time under the ni um what's it called native instrument what's, it, what's the contact yep but this is this is a new virtual saxophone which is not which is using their brand new swam engine which is acronym for synchronous wavelength acoustic modeling swam yeah, and I I confess I didn't I've I've read I read for about this and I haven't had chance to listen so I can't comment on how good it sounds. What a shame! <laughs> but that's cool that it's available. Yep, it's, it's out there. It's available if you're if you need saxophone sounds and let's face it, who doesn't need a saxophone sound in their life? Here's, <laughs> here's a great option to go check it out. There's a whole lot of recordings and a video of use as well that you can go have a look and then you know what I mean? cool. Yep, I like and it. these guys and they're promising future. 
virtual instruments based on the same modeling technique. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is new? Renoise. Renoise have a new version out, version 2.8. I think this is still beta, but it's there. A new version. Yeah. That's hello, right. people yeah, that's joining right. the Hangout there. Oh, hello, Hangouters. Hello. Can we request that you mute your video, please? Because that helps to the um, bandwidth going up and down while we're recording. Thank you. So, um, Renoise 2.8. The main thing here is the fact that 64-bit support's now been extended onto Windows and OS X with this version, even though the Linux people have had it for quite a while. Yep. Which is cool. And that's pretty cool, but uh, the pattern matrix has been reworked, which is pretty sweet. Uh, and troop groups and um, track groups and collapsing has been redone as well. I really mean to use Renoise. I keep, like, every time they release something, I'm like, right, that's it. I'm going to get it. And I never do. But I might, you know, this might be the moment when I do it. You know, maybe. Well, yeah, I can imagine, you know, would that be on your Linux box, I guess, that you'd be doing that then? Yeah, well, that, that's part of the reason. It would be, it'd be great on the Linux. Well, ideal for the Linux box. And cross-platform support is pretty exciting as well. Um, yeah. I don't want to say too much about that, though, because I actually have a grand plan, which I'm just resisting saying anything about. So. But, okay. Um, Intriguing. I'm sure we'll hear about that in the future. In the future, indeed so. Yeah, so Renoise is pretty awesome. If I, if my memory serves me correctly, I think we have a an outstanding kind of exchange of intent for an interview. So, w with the Renoise team. So, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll try and follow up again with that because I'm really excited. I'm really interested in the project. I know one of our occasional standing hosts, uh, Sam Burkhead's a really big fan as well. So, we should definitely definitely get them on and find out more about it because it's a really really great tool. Yeah, you know, looks awesome stuff. Cool. Did you have anything else to add? Nope. No, not really. So, should we move on? Pugs yeah, love. Let's keep going. So, this is um, Pugs Love Beats. I've not. This is one that I did, did not add. So, did you add this one? Yeah, I, I, I added this one here. So, um, th th there's a really great article on CDM, um, which extends all the way through. This is to the actual developer site. And what they've done is they've taken the. It, it's for iOS, and it's a device. It's a game where the primary thing is it makes music, but you interface with it as if it's a game. Um, it's using the kind of um, PD uh, PD library at the back end to do to do all of the actual audio work. Yeah. So I thought that was quite an exciting quite an exciting option. It's available. It got released onto the App Store today, and available on um, you know iPad. Available for the iPad. So it looks it, it looks pretty cool. Um, the thing I was really interested about it is from my kind of own personal kind of work, a lot of these kind of game-based mechanics to play stuff um, ha has a bit of a her to play music has a bit of a heritage in the kind of life coding world. So I've seen these kind of these sort of environments used by life coders to kind of make game to make sounds and stuff, which is quite a you know, a peculiar way to get interested in this stuff. But I'm really kind of interested in computer game music as a consequence of it now. So yep, yeah, it's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, that's cool. Very There's good. some cool videos. You should go check it out if you got an iOS device. That's definitely you know if you're feeling like a little treat for yourself or to distract the kids on Christmas Day, maybe that's an option to go <laughs> for as well. Perhaps pretty cool. Awesome stuff. Uh, another one I added. I can take this one if you want. Unless you, I don't. Yeah, know go for it. About. No, I'm. I'm always aware that our shows end up being very long, and we don't really try to make them long. They just it's more we fail to make them short. So I'm trying to move a little bit promptly today, but. 
you know, just so we have time to rant when we want to. I, I thought this was a great project. Uh, designingsound.org have the year-end Sonic Mash. So basically what they're giving you is the opportunity to upload any sample, that any sounds that you have the right, you have ownership of. Um, so voices, amb amb ambience, fireworks, spot openings, shouts of joy, sounds of calm, carols, the pub, the fireplace, anything like that. A minimum duration, four seconds, maximum of 10 seconds, and they're going to make it into a big, never-ending kind of generative soundscape. Awesome. Um, and you can just push everything up to, there's an FTP server set up ready to go. So you can just push everything up, push stuff up there. So that's pretty cool. I thought that was a great project, actually. I really like it. Yeah. I may even contribute to that. There you go. I definitely encourage everybody to contribute to, contribute to it. I think, I think it's a really great yeah. project. I'm hopeful. Yeah. 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 Cool. Designingsound.org have a lot of great stuff, actually. I think everything I see come from them is always inter interesting. Um, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. It's a great site. Yeah. Let's, let's skip a couple of things to get through the new things. Okay. If you and want then, to. Yep, so there's one more new thing that I added. I received an email via Propellerhead-ish today about the Nectatech Panorama. So Ooh. this is a new hardware controller. Um, has um, has a keyboard on it. It has a keyboard. It has knobs and faders and sliders, and it's designed specifically to integrate with Reason 6. So it gives you access to mixers and Simpsons. It's all... It's native to that, it, but it but it also supports your general. It's also a general MIDI controller, including MIDI output. You get five pinned in, I think. So um, you have a proper motorized fader. Yeah. So when you select your different tracks in in your software, it the hardware is reflected to it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's. And this is cool. brand new. I think it's not even on sale yet. But what they're offering is a competition to get people interested at this point, which is um to win the first off the production line. So awesome yeah. stuff. Follow the link from wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk if you're interested in that. Yeah, that, that's a that's a cool piece of kit. Uh, the other new item I put together here, um, Motu have just uh, pushed out the four pre. So uh, four mic preamps, two headphone outs, four audio outs, four main outs, you know, firewire and USB 2. So that's pretty cool. They, they make it a six by eight interface because there's two digital inputs as well. Digital, uh, stereo in, stereo digital mm -hmm. in, stereo digital out on the back of it as well. So, you know, I know that people, you know, people know that I'm a big fan of Motu hardware. My love of Motu hardware has been dwaning actually for reasons I discussed, you know, with lack of Linux support and issues with USB and Firewire and stuff like that. But, you know, nonetheless, I think that's a great interface. I actually looked at it and thought to myself, that's a really useful piece of kit. Four preamps on a half U rack. You know? It's a, as a as an ultralight owner, I'm you know I'm potentially really quite interested in this because I think full preamps would potentially be more more useful for the kind of things I'm using it for now. So mm. I thought that was an interesting. And how many? Is, I've I've decided not to load this one. So, well, um, how many outs did you say it has on that? Uh, you've got two headphone outs on the front of it, and yep. then you've got four out four balanced TRSs on the back of it as well. Okay. So. And then there's also a stereo, uh, a digital out as well, a spit yeah. it out, out on the back of it. So it strikes me as an interesting amount of connectivity, actually. As, um, yeah, that, that's, you could use that variously in lots of situations. Yeah, I'm, hmm, I'll be looking at that as well. Yeah, I think so. Well, Firewire and USB. So I'm, I'm kind of tempted, you know. I, I don't know what uh, Motu USB 2 audio support is like for Linux, but, you know, what I mean? mm. I'm going to go find out about that maybe. 
Maybe there's an option there. I'm still not convinced by USB 2 as a bus, but you know. There we go. Yeah. You know. Cool stuff, yeah. Is it, yeah, I mean, I wonder if it seems to be that hardware is going more and more to USB 2 over Firewire. Do you think this is a temporary thing until Thunderbolt takes off, or if and when Thunderbolt takes off, people might move to that? Whereas at the moment, Firewire has been kind of left behind by the hardware. And so by, com you know, people making computers and laptops and so. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't, know. I don't have any inside in any inside information on it on this. Obviously, I'm just kind of talking as a layman, I guess. But it strikes me that Firewire is dead, um, which I think is pos is probably a shame because um, it it always seems to be rock solid. I can't really recall many problems I've had with Firewire devices of any classification. Um, mm. I, I guess most people would probably agree with me that USB 2.0 has never really enjoyed the same sort of, you know, stability, shall we say, for want of a better phrase, in that kind of respect. I think Thunderbolt is likely... Thunderbolt at the moment is basically a, a Mac technology only, which is basically where Firewire started as well. And while, while it is possible for Apple just to churn out devices with Thunderbolt ports and all the other bits on the side of them, I do... I do wonder what the kind of long term, long, long, you know, whether Apple have the desire to do that or not, if that makes sense. And in terms of how you'd want it, how, how you'd want to interface or not, it's kind of interesting. I think there's a, there's, there's a whole variety of things. We're at an interesting phase in real connectivity, really, because it's kind of staggering. Even something like a Thunderbolt, even port, even though it's incredibly fast there's still a lot of professional situations where you could actually get even faster if you were to kind of bypass the kind of the idea of an independent bus anyway and just land back in top of, you know, back in on the PCI bus and stuff like that. So, or PCIe yeah. bus anyway. So I do wonder what the long-term, what the long-term kind of thing is going to be or not. Uh, people will obviously highlight to me the fact you can put Firewire down, down Thunderbolt. That's a theoretical idea. It is practical. There's no actual way of doing it yet. Um, I think USB has a similar support. Um, well, because essentially Thunderbolt is just an incredibly fast two-way parallel connection. So, so you can run anything along. You that. could theoretically yeah. run anything down it. Like you could theoretically run anything down any any connection if you were willing to make the hardware adapters and then make the software requirements. And I don't know whether that's really gonna, you know, whether that would happen or not. Is, a, is is the question, I guess. Really, yeah. I, I don't know. As as people know, I'll quickly rehash it in case you so you don't have to go back because it. I don't, can't remember what show it is, but you know, I um I I've bought a Linux box. It doesn't have FireWire on it. I have a whole load of FireWire cards. I have a MacBook which continues to run the FireWire cards perfectly fine. Um, that kit's all worked well for over well with this MacBook for five years. With the previous laptop, it that kit's actually been running almost a decade now with, without any failures. Touchwood. So <laughs> here you go right now on it. I'll just watch the unit power down for the last time. No, it's still there. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But I guess that's part of the problem, isn't it? You're saying you can't build kit. Well, building kit that lasts this long is problematic, really, isn't it? So, yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, and we should. Ooh. Ooh. Hello, hello, new Google Hangout people. Can you mute your video, please? Because it um interferes with the. It, that's that's a, actually it's a shame we don't broadcast the video on this because that is a tortoise that's a tortoise it is that's this is how our shows get long thank you for the tortoise there thank you very much thank you very much thank you very much let's keep <laughs> on going then so that, that's okay a, a, a moto 4 pre's are out that's pretty cool 
Okay, so now we move into the Spotify rant section of the show. <laughs> okay, go um, for it then. Right, so this is a two-parter, which began with the um, a story which, Scott, you posted, I think, onto the notes um, from NS Free Press. Was that? Um, no, I didn't. This is somebody else who's put this in. That's somebody else that put that up there. Okay. What was it? What? Well, I did read it. I haven't got it loaded now. I suppose I could, but the general gist of that was that music is seen these days as a virtually as a something that people don't want to pay for, basically. Oh, I have read this article. I, yes. I, did, I didn't add it, but I've read it. I, I know what this article is. Yeah, so the article basically points out the fact that Spotify doesn't pay its musicians. That doesn't pay people for using, you know, doesn't really pay people in a way that's sustainable that people could continue to make music from. And it's basically, it's an argument which is basically kind of pointing out that freemium as a model probably doesn't work and very badly paid as a model probably doesn't work. Therefore, don't forget that you should pay artists if you like their music. Um, I don't know how you, yeah, it's, is music devalued? It probably is. Does it deserve to be devalued? I would probably say right now, if you're talking about mainstream pop, the answer is probably yes. It's. Yeah. I, I know maybe I'm being really brutal there. I buy quite a lot. Of, I, I was thinking about this, actually. I buy quite a lot of music still. None of it is mainstream pop music. None of it at all. Just... I just don't. I just don't buy it. I, you know, I buy the things. Now maybe that has a lot to do with access because the things I do buy are, um, you know, are like obscure recordings by kind of you know, obscure recordings by small artists or local artists, people I've gone and heard that sort of stuff. I buy that kind of thing all the time. But you know, the radio is just awash with the current, you know, the things there. So I, I actually, I'm going to go further. I think if he wants. If, if you want to make this kind of statement and have this kind of argument about a devaluation of music, I think you've got to look at the radio people first and say, <laughs> that, you know, the radio people are just churning out the kind of, you know, the 30 songs that people want to listen to, the 30 most popular songs at the moment, just churn them out continuously, don't they, on a near, like, two-hour cycle. So that probably does more to devalue music than I think other stuff does, you know? I think the Spotify issue is a big one, though. Have we not got another Spotify thing coming up as well? Yeah, I had it done. Well, well, again, I'll, 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 I'll just I'll just finish my rant. I'm saying I think, yes, the, okay. uh, and then I'll just segue into Spotify, but in, into <laughs> the the full Spotify thing. But I think the the thing that's interesting about Spotify is that while it's it's a really great service, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. I've enjoyed using the free version of it and that sort of stuff. I know lots of people are big fans of the paid version. I think the big problem with Spotify is that it is that they're just not paying their artists money that makes sense. Because like, the stats are staggering, aren't they, I, I believe? But there's been a couple of, di- couple of illustrations about the fact that you know, even if you're incredibly successful and popular and p- people listen to, your, you know, listen to you on Spotify continuously, the amount of money you get for a play is, is just minimal. It's, it's in no way equivalent to the idea that you would be getting. You know, it's worse than radio play in terms of revenue stream, so... I think, you know, I I think there's a questionable thing about how Spotify... Well, I'd be fascinated to discover what the argument with the labels was that said, we're going we're gonna to cut this deal, because I don't understand why they cut the deal the way they cut the deal. Unless they're getting paid really well and the artists are getting ripped off. I don't know. Well, I don't know. yeah, I, I don't know either. I, th- I suspect that 
Spotify's objective is to make music available to as many people as possible and make a bit of money in the process of doing so. And the way they've done that is to cut, de is to cut deals with the labels who control the music. And so, although it, it makes, it seems, it makes sense to me on one level that when you've got millions of tunes available to listen to, the ones that people actually choose to choose to play is only going to turn into a very small amount of money per play. I think yeah, that makes sense. I think it's just the sheer volume of it and that it's only the labels that are going to get any kind of thing out of that after Spotify have taken what they want. Yeah, I don't know. I've been happy with Spotify for a long time, but I've, I think I've come to the end of my Spotify period now. I, I've started getting a premium couple maybe two years ago now. It was December. And, um, when they did the link up with Facebook, something popped up and it said, Oh, what's your Facebook account? And I kind of, I was able to ignore that and carry on using it. And having had my computer, well, my computer's had a new logic board and a new, almost everything actually over the past couple of weeks. It's basically a new computer. Oh, we should talk more about your Apple woes in a minute, but let's do Yeah, we could do. We'll come back to that. And I think it was either today or yesterday was the first time I'd tried to load up Spotify to use. And it presented me with a, you must agree with the new terms and conditions, the new end user agreement, otherwise you cannot proceed. So I just hit quit on that because I didn't want to sit and read it. And then a bit later on, I thought, you know, be rational about this. Let's have a little look at what it says. I flipped through it. I didn't read it all, but the bits I did read made me say, well, I know I don't think I do want to agree to that in light of the whole previous story we talked about. When you take things into the bigger picture, this is not something that I can really condone. So I'll be cancelling my subscription and no longer using Spotify because because, because as, as great as it is, is it worth it? In the whole picture, I don't know. I, I can live without it. I think before I was using Spotify, I was using Jamendo a lot, which is, you know, has a very variety of qualities of music on there. Some stuff you find, you don't listen to a whole song of a stuff you listen to an album, you know, and then albums are available to download. And all of that is people are putting up there under CC license and stuff like that. So I think I'll move back to sifting through things and finding good music that is people are happy to give away for free and the 10 pounds a month that I have been spending on Spotify, I'll maybe buy some CDs or something. Who knows? You could even use um, like a flat, you know, put that money in a flatter account and use that to use that to flatter people for, yeah. for music and kind of stuff like that rather, or PayPal donations and stuff. There's, there's very definitely. Maybe, yeah. I this is like I say, it's something that I've already decided in the past day or two. So yeah, I'll, I'll be exploring what the options are. That's very interesting. I think, well, this isn't really a business show, but um, <laughs> the thing that Spotify strikes me as an interesting company because really, I'm not really sure what the, the added value play of what they do is. You know, like it strikes me that if you, if you had the resources and the desire to, you could probably go and cut a better deal with the labels and set up something else. Because there's never been any part of the actual experience which really, to me, felt like it was doing anything other than making it very easy to, you know what I mean, to kind of do things sort of stuff. Cause, yeah. Because you can Google search. Well, like, you can YouTube search, can't you? Just type in, a, you know, 
and you search around YouTube and generally listen to a lot of music that way. The great thing I thought about Spotify was the fact that it made me, it, it definitely, it's definitely a more legal way of doing that. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Because YouTube will serve you up a video which shouldn't be there. If And it's always dodgy quality. That's the other thing. I've, yeah, I've yeah, got exactly. zero patience for YouTube. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I really like Spotify. Year, like When it first came out, I remember thinking it was really exciting. And I think as m- more detail about what they're doing came out, you know, these issues of artist payment have become prom- you know, become a bit problematic and that sort of stuff. But it's nonetheless but it's an interesting. I think that, I mean, I think that's been there all, that's always been there. It's just that we're now more aware of it because we are so much closer to it. When you're handing out 10, 15 pounds per album or whatever, you feel like you've you know, you're paying some sort of amount and you feel that, you know, you're supporting the band by doing that. But in reality, even from that, I mean, and, and I, I realise that, you know, the Spotify takes it to the extreme, but everything's everything's gotten faster and smaller and more, you know, bigger in terms of data and smaller in terms of physicality over the past 10 years. So all of this can be pinned on on Spotify or Napster or whoever you want, but I think it goes back to the record labels. If if anyone's responsible, it's them. Yeah. Anyway, this this is the this 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 let's try and dig ourselves out of this little hole which we which we always sink into. Well, we still like <laughs> Spotify. I'm saying, well, we we still have some support for Spotify as a you know. Definitely, I've been oh, as, yeah, as I'm the development of you know. It it was an exciting service when it first came out. The Facebook integration is interesting as well, I think. But you know, it's you know, it's, it's just not for us right now. That's okay. Yep. <laughs> so what what's the next one? So we did that one already. Um, okay, so this is in a similar vein. The IMSTA, which is the International Music Software Trade Association, I think, something like that. They have a, an, I think it's an annual survey that they do but they definitely have a survey out right now called let's talk piracy where there's 20 or so questions about software piracy and your opinions and feelings on such matters and they're interested in that so if you're interested in telling them what you're then yeah i think there's some sort of competition going on there which is optional also i don't know what that's to win or out but yeah i i spotted that and thought it was it fitted in with our theme of well we haven't really been talking about the piracy side of it today so i thought we'd throw that in there but this is from the software angle some interesting questions. I really like. I know it says at the top, "We're not going to prosecute you," but it's like, yeah. <laughs> but do you uh, have you ever pirated software? That's a great question. You know, or do you do you do you use music software for which you do not own a license? I can actually. It's important that I gotta be careful how I say this. Actually, no, I don't think. I think I'm perfectly fine. I certainly for the last five years, I've never. I have never had a. I haven't run a piece of software I don't have a legitimate license for for over five years now, if not more than that. Actually, probably probably eight years, maybe even ten. You know, nine nine or ten. Um, yeah. And that's not that's mainly because I just started switching to open open source platforms instead. <laughs> um, and not because I bought it. I just switched open source. And I think my, my my issue with a lot of this stuff is the reason why the reason why. I always think the reason why a lot of people don't buy stuff is, first of all, the question of affordability. But I think the affordability issue is actually a get-through-the-door issue. It's you don't if you don't have access to it at all, in a sensible way, then it's a you know it's a it's often a lot of money to kind of punt over a fence in the hope that what you get for it is what you want. 
what yep. you want to be able to use. I think while it's nice that kind of the Pro Tools demo and stuff like that's back, if you kind of give people heavily restricted versions of that kind of stuff, it, they never. It always gets in the way of the experience. You know, I remember who, there was one demo where it never allowed you to save anything, and it was like, I remember yeah, looking I at it and thinking. I went through it and I was like, that's ace. I've done a couple of hours and now I'd like to, you know, there's another thing I'd like to look at that I'm interested in doing with this piece of software, but I don't really want to do it all in one go, but I would need to like, if I want to see think about mastering something, then I do need the session I've got. So it'd be nice to be able to hit save, but I can't, you know what I mean? And I think those kind of issues is how people resolve them from there are going to be the problem. Whereas the thing that I realized is that a lot of, you know, some of the, you know, a lot in my experience, the big issue that kind of prompted me was that you would get to a buggy, something that was buggy or didn't work or wasn't stable, and there's no way of doing anything about it other than hoping that the next update won't be pay, won't be chargeable, and will fix the problem. <laughs> and that's that for me. I I considered to be I considered to be problematic, and that's where I went to an open source world. And you know, I've done it a few times. If I've came across a program which has a problem which I need to be fixed for a use of a piece of software, then you can generally find somebody who will fix the problem if you pay them for it, and you get the problem fixed in a very short, you know, in a near immediate time scale. And yeah. that's the thing. And I think that's a lot of people forget that about the open source model. With the open source model, the idea isn't that it's free. The idea is that you can pay for you. You can pay people with the skill set required to do a job. And the product of that payment is released to everybody for free. So you're essentially, it's people are gifting in the same way that you were previously paying money to a group of people, to an, a company and hoping that they spent it on what you wanted it to be spent, it on, spent on. Now it's much more direct. It's here's some money, you know, I'm willing to enter an arrangement with somebody and I'll pay them to do this, please, if you can, you know. And you're, if you've never done it, if, you're, if you use an open source program and you've got a, bit of, got a bit of spare money, if you contact that development team and let them know, I'm sure there'll be very excited to hear about it and very interested in solving whatever sort of problems are, are possible. Do you remember um, th when we spoke to um, uh, the Ardor guys? Yeah. They, they kind of mentioned that to us as well, Paul Davis. So he was like, you know, we get donations in and that kind of prompts the development flow, which is fair enough. Really. So that's my take on the whole piracy thing. That's why certainly I don't generally pirate anything now. Um, I, well, I don't have anything pirated on my any of my computers whatsoever. So, um, I'm quite proud to say that because I do think that piracy is wrong. I'm, you know, that that's a definite thing. I'm, you know, I do believe that piracy is wrong. I just don't see. I don't think the solution is paying for stuff. I think it's just using open source software instead. So there you go. How about that? <laughs> hey, if we edit that badly, or somebody else chooses to edit that badly, that that <laughs> could be really poor. There. So let's just be clear: piracy is wrong. Buy open source software. There you go. That's a better statement. Buy open source. Support open source. How about that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I have nothing to add. <laughs> but you. So we've got two directions we go in. We can. We we were going to. Yeah, you you mentioned um, the Ador guy Paul we were talking to. So. Oh, you see what go, I did there? You see what I did? I did. Yeah, yeah. Let's so let's go with that. Um, yeah, show 40 and end of the year. We're taking a break. So a bit of retrospective. Um, yeah, this looking. is this uh, is like the show. This is the this is like the show that would happen in the other week in like the week between. But we're just doing it right now, aren't we? I guess this is like our yeah. retrospective of the year, which is nice. I like it's good. It. 
We've done 40 shows. That's nuts. <laughs> That's really nuts. It's been a lot of fun, though. And thank you to our lovely listeners and for all the support and all the complaints. And Actually, we don't get that many complaints, I think. No, let's not be there. Um. <laughs> so, show number three, we had uh, John Spriggs from CC Hits. We did. That was pretty cool. We then played a whole load of CC Hits for a while, didn't we, actually? We did. Maybe maybe we'll get back into playing CC music one way or another. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, we just it was just the fact we could give you... We could just tell you where it is, and then you can go get it yourself. We don't need to put it on the end of the show. Yeah, it just makes it down. That's that's why we gave up doing that. Hey, you know, I feel we have um, what? Yeah, you know, that's why we stopped doing that because I didn't want to like. It seemed to me pointless to make the files the file size bigger, to download longer, take up more space on your MP3 player or whatever, with a piece of material yeah. that you can go get for free off the site anyway. So that's why I kind of stopped doing it. That's part of the reason why we don't have a st- intro music, even though Adam Yanch complains bitterly about our lack of intro music now. But, we have uh, we have sleigh bells. We have sleigh bells. Why well, you need intro music? Sorry, um, that's nice. Yep. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Uh, do you so want to guess who the next interv- person we had on the show for an interview was? No, I don't. I guess I could. You see, because you compiled this list and I haven't seen it. I it's guess I could complete. myself. Cause... I don't. Gonna, I don't I'm... know if it's complete actually. <laughs> <laughs> show we eight. Do. Andrew Spitz from a yeah. Um, uh, it... yeah. That's in South cool. Africa. South yep, Africa, he's yeah. he's guy that did the um, tweeter sound and also the s- sketchy doodly sound. Yeah, thing. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. You can find out more <laughs> about him in Show Hate. <laughs> yep, show number eight and wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. There is a show index link. Yeah, yeah. so you can see all the shows. Uh, do you want to guess who the next person was? I'll give you a clue. Um, this was about we had we had a visit somewhere after this one. I, I, was that the next one? Was it okay? Yeah, yeah. It was show eleven. You see, we were talking about this. Well, this was about the um, the music production show and the organizer of that. What was his name? Uh, Jason Hunt. Jason Hunt. Yep. Yeah. Well, we had a fun trip out to the music production show actually as well. Uh, at least I had a fun trip. I think. Hope you yeah, did too. That was over in Leeds. We went, and they've since put on the same branded event down in London. So mm-hmm. I I hope that went well for them. We went there. Um, we had a great time. We should we'll go to that again next year, hopefully, I guess. It's usually April May. If they were back up in Leeds, we'll definitely go across. It was a good laugh. So was the producers the next time we had guests? On? Yep. Uh show seventeen, Jim Spencer and David Toland. From Music Masters, the Music Masters uh course over in Manchester. So that was yep, pretty that cool. Was a, that was a really good interview, that one. Really, uh, um I'm looking down a list and trying to see what else did we do. There was, we, uh, I think yeah. we had quite a big... The next one I remembered was Paul Davis from Our Door, which was show 31. Yeah. And then obviously we had a Sean... Carroll? Sean, yep. Yeah. From last week. Was that just... No, it was a week before. It was last oh, time two, I was here, oh, I yeah, think. Sorry, but... two weeks ago. Sorry, yes, two weeks ago. I think it was, yeah, Sean Carroll, show 39. No, 38 it must be. That was... Yeah, a visitor on Cannes, show 38. Show 38, there we go. I've amended my scribbled notes, which I'm never going to use again to reflect that. <laughs> that fact. Well, um, you, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, that was great. It was great to meet all those people. I feel at this point, I, I may have missed somebody, actually, because I did very quickly. I was actually at a party. I was actually having a, a Christmas day with some friends at, uh, you know, six. <laughs> and then ran out the door. 6 p.m. To get today. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have time to fully go through this list, but 
in case I've missed anybody, I'd like to apologise. And for all of those people, and our, how about all the guest presenters as well? We, they were guests. Yeah, yeah, guest presenters. So we had uh, Alex Harker. Sam Burkhead, you've already mentioned today. Sam Burkhead, Adam Yanch. Yeah, a couple of times. And um, Scott McLaughlin's becoming quite regular. Yeah, as well. So that's, that's cool. So we should say thank you to all those people as well. Thank you, especially for times when I can't make it. Because can I run about my laptop now? Okay. So, <sighs> okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Have we got to the end on that? So we're saying thank you to all those people. And now thank Sam's you. going to explain why we needed a backup person. Yes. Well, we, we had need uh, Scott McLaughlin because... last week. So, at some point in 2010, in April, I believe, I bought a MacBook Pro. It was wonderful for a week, and then it developed this condition which I came to label narcolepsy, where it would go to sleep and not wake up. And this condition, these episodes, would last approximately 24 hours. There's no way of predicting when it would start, and they would happen probably every couple of months. And, yeah, it was very, very So you scary. went to Apple, then? Yeah, I mean, I purchased Apple Care at the time of the, my um, when I bought the laptop, which I'm now very glad I did because it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mission. It's only probably it's only what forty miles away or something the nearest Apple store, but it's it it's hard work getting there, and I'm pretty lazy, you know. It, but eventually, I gave in and said I have to have this fixed because I never know when it's going to happen. It was happening more more regularly. It went from. You know, it happened once, then six months later, it happened again, and then two months later, then it was happening every other week. So they and they said, that's fine. We'll have to rule out all of the other possible things it could be. So they did a complete software reinstall. They wiped the whole hard drive and put the operating system back on. And then it did happen again. So they said, okay, we'll open it up and put a new logic board in there. Jolly good. They did that. They said they'd have it done as quick as possible. Ten days later, I had my laptop back and was able to do some work again, except it didn't work. The control key was broken. So I took it back to the store and said, the control key's broken. That's really annoying. So they replaced the top case. Very good. Except that means that because of the way the MacBook Pro is built, you have to take the, the top case is the hardest thing to get to, even though it's the first thing that you touch as a user. In the process of replacing the top case, they broke something else and it was worse than ever. It wouldn't run for more than an hour. Sometimes you'd switch it on and it would just break instantly. It would just freeze. This whole operating system would be off. It would just, just die. Or if it was, was running for this period of time and then you went to the option to shut it down through the software, you know, you say, shut down, please. Okay. And then it would just restart. It wouldn't shut down. It would restart. So took it back, explained these things, and eventually I've got it back. It's had all kinds of things replaced, and there was numerous other side effects and symptoms that I haven't mentioned because this is already a long rant. But now it appears to be working almost completely perfectly fine, as good as I would expect any piece of technology to run. There. Thank you, Sam. I feel better for that. Okay, so um, let's head into the plunder section. Arr. Arr. <laughs> So we have we have a, a an item of traditional plunder, for want of a better phrase of putting it. Um, you put it there, I believe. The spectral layers? No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is not particularly new, but it's. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought we should put it on there. Um, this is a piece of software which works with sonograms and various ways of filtering and stuff. And it's yeah. There's some videos that demonstrate how it works and. I thought it was quite interesting, exciting, as a something which 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Just have a look. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> Fair enough. That's cool. Um, so, so as our final thing, then I thought we could just. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna drop. I'm kind of dropping this on Sam here, but I just thought I. I would mention as a suggested item of plunder, um, a show, uh, a past show that I think is particularly fun to listen to again. So, okay. Um, I just thought it'd be fun. So, um, if you if you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm gonna really miss these guys on a Boxing Day. Because <laughs> it will be Boxing Day. It's Boxing that Day. That is next Monday. Yeah. It is next Monday. So if you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm really going to miss the guys on Boxing Day, then I'd like to recommend that you listen to show number 20, the Not Broken Down Laptops, which myself, Sam, and Adam Young <laughs> recorded in the back of a moving vehicle. In a Yay! moving vehicle. And it was a very enjoyable show. It's quite funny because of the fact we're in a car. The recording quality is very poor, but it's, it's nonetheless very funny. So... That is definitely my recommendation as to the show that you could listen to if you want to go back in time a bit and enjoy another show from some other time. So that's my recommendation. <laughs> uh, Simon, do you do you have a have you picked out a show? Um, well, no, you didn't suggest that I might. I, I'm just gonna. In, in which I'm case, go for in, that. in which <laughs> case, I'll plug a, I'll plug something which we have some involvement in, if you wish, just as you're going along. Go on. Yeah. So. Um, Sam and I uh, recently had a um, have actually got something on the current Computer Music Journal DVD. Yes, indeed. Ah, yeah, that's been that's out now, isn't it? And that, that's just been released. So if you go to your local your local academic library and go check out the Computer Music Journal, the full edition for this year, you'll find that we have some live coding that we both did independently on a DVD on the DVD there, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. So my yeah, I was that's. Some uh, an early version of my PhD work that I'm working on. It was demonstrated on that there DVD. So very cool, very cool. Have I bought you enough time? Oh, to, oh so, sorry. I was supposed to be choosing. I was listening to what you were saying and thinking about live coding there. Um, it was very poor of me just to drop you on this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna not. That's okay. I, mean, I don't think um, if people are listening, spending their Boxing Day listening back to old tap shows, then that's obviously their choice. Yeah. I just think we should. I shouldn't offend our listenership in any way whatsoever, and we value you very much, every single one of you. I think you're, you know, yeah. So <laughs> shall shall we bring what has been an incredibly slick? Oh yeah. And very very good show. Incidentally, running to. Almost oh, oh, over forty minutes in length. How did we do that? Um, to to a coherent halt, bang, <laughs> as they say. Um, don't forget, we're going to be at the Max for You convention. Um, in Leicester, thirteenth of January. Any Maxies out there? Come along. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do some sort of Max MSP related podcast generating. I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah, and we're going to record a show, so you can be on a show. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be great fun. <laughs> We'll be back the week beforehand as well. Um, if you've got any complaints or any suggestions, well, if you've got any complaints, feel free to email them. We we'll probably won't read them. If you've got any positive things, actually, if you could put in your email positive, then I'll definitely, we like reading the positive emails. So definitely send us a positive email about things you love about the show. That's cool. <laughs> we like that. Um, I was going to say you should send them to Adam if they're nasty things, because they're offensive remarks, but no, don't send them to Adam. It's fine. <laughs> and that's, that's been done. Um, I think we're there. Do you feel we've done it? I'm happy with that. 40 shows. And we'll see you in the new year. 
I'm gonna Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm gonna start the sleigh bells up. Uh, Merry Christmas to all our listeners from the audio podcast team. Um, I'm Scott. I'm Sam. That was show number forty. Merry Christmas, one and all. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop the recording. <laughs>